All right, so uh, this last Sunday we talked about 1 Corinthians 14, mm-hmm. um, talked about tongues, uh, the gift of languages, talked about the prophet uh, and how that sort of works. Yeah. And in this sort of uh, this episode, this gathering, this, I don't know. Cutting room floor. Cutting room yeah, floor. I don't know. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> uh, no, I love it. I love the title. And um, It's not original to me. Yeah, we're going to sort of lean into, Aaron and I were just talking before... Uh, this morning and we were talking about like, so what is the role of the prophet? Not mm-hmm. just in, you know, Paul's understanding yeah. in first Corinthians 14, but just sort of broadly. Totally. Uh, so like, is there a difference between old Testament, new Testament between like, you know, the, the original prophets in the old Testament and what Paul's referring to in first Corinthians totally. 14. Um, and you were saying that actually the first prophet that God sort of specifically appoints is Aaron. It's Aaron. Yeah. So like fun Bible trivia, like, first time that God calls someone a prophet is Aaron in the book of Exodus. This is Exodus chapter seven. So just kind of big picture in the flow of the story of Exodus, you have the burning bush in Exodus three and Moses is like, I can't go to to Pharaoh. He's He's scared. Feeling insecure Insecure about his words. words, Exactly. Specifically his words. He doesn't think he can speak well. And so God and Moses go back and forth and basically you get to Exodus chapter seven. (sighs) And this is where God says to Moses, see Moses, I have made you like God to Pharaoh and your brother Aaron shall be a prophet. That's Exodus seven verse one. So the, the basic idea is God is saying, Moses, you're going to be kind of like in the God slot, if you yeah. will. And your brother Aaron is going to be in God's words. Aaron shall be your prophet. Wow. And so it's this idea of, okay, so what is a prophet? Well, at its most basic level, it seems to me Exodus seven is saying Aaron is going to be speaking on behalf of Moses. Hmm. And Moses is kind of like in this God slot, not that he's like God or anything no, 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 in that sense, it. but yeah. in this speaking kind of paradigm on behalf of, on behalf of right? right. And so that's kind of the basic idea. I think that kind of holds all of this together is speaking yeah. God's message or speaking God's word um, to someone, to God's people or to, in this case, to Pharaoh. Yeah. Um, and then in the old Testament though, you have lots of different prophets. Totally pick up, pick up. Um, yeah. So like our, you know, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel yeah. are kind of like the three big ones, if you will. Um, and then there's all these smaller books of yeah. the Bible that... But there's also false prophets. Totally. Like there's all these moments when it's like, oh, the prophets of, you know, fill in the totally. name. And they're doing, you know, false prophecy. You have Jeremiah saying of the false prophets of his day, right? Yeah. Peace, peace, they say. You yeah. Know, when, when there, there is, is no peace. peace. Yeah. So there's these people trying to speak on behalf of God. Yeah but not saying the actual words, words of, of God. God. Yeah. And then I don't have it in front of me, but there's a passage in the book of Deuteronomy that references these sorts of instances where how to discern between a true prophet and a false prophet. And yeah. it basically comes back down to, are they being faithful to what God has already said? Is it hmm. consistent with what has already been revealed with God? Is it yeah. going to, and will it come to actually come to pass? And this is kind of gets back into first Corinthians 14. Cause that, one of the final lines, um, I'm not going to remember the exact verse, but it says like, and the prophets shall be tested yeah. by the prophets. Totally. Yeah. So then the prophets, and this is similar, kind of actually happens exactly. in the Old Testament. Like yeah. the Old Testament prophets are testing the words of the other prophets saying, no, 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 no. Don't listen to that don't person. Listen to that. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't listen to that. Oh, you should listen to this one. Totally. So there's a discernment process yeah. that happens. And so I think that's important to just keep in mind that, you know, even with at the time, like Jeremiah or Isaiah or whatnot, there's still this element of, like, is this going to come to pass? Yeah. And, you know, we now know, you know, thousands of years later that these words are true, Isaiah, yeah. Jeremiah, et cetera, and they are in our Bibles and, and all mm-hmm. that. What's also interesting, though, is that in the Old Testament, it seems like you have, at least in a kind of a more popular understanding, there's these specific people and only these specific people mm. that are prophets. So, like, yeah. 
you know, Aaron is considered a prophet, at least in this yeah. little verse. Moses. So it's like if their name is written in the book yeah. and it says prophet next to it, like those are the only, those are the only authorized one. prophets. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so this is where it kind of gets tricky as far as like, you know, what, where's the correlation? Where's the overlap? Yeah. Because even in the Old Testament, even back in the book of Numbers, Moses says in Numbers 11, I desire that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Hmm. And that's in a kind of a very weird story that's happening there where there's some people that are prophesying that some other people are coming to Moses complaining like, hey, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so, they're prophesying. And Moses is like, well, that's awesome. He, he says, I would desire all of the Lord's people wow. to, to prophesy. And it's kind of foreshadowing this, this coming day where Joel chapter 2, I think, picks up on this. Yeah. And so you talked about this. Peter quotes it. Yeah, Peter Pentecost, quotes it yeah. on Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And Joel chapter 2 says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit in all, all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. He goes on and he says, Even male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. Hmm. And so it seems to me that the Old Testament prophets themselves are pointing forward to this this coming day yeah. where all of God's people will be empowered by God's spirit and prophesy. Yeah. Now we can talk about what that means, but yeah. it seems to me that's the trajectory, okay. if you will. Even though you have like your you know, your big Old Testament prophets yeah. that were... You have the heavy hitters. Right, that were confronting yeah. Israel's leaders when they yeah. were committing idolatry. They were bringing words of comfort in, in times of grief and despair. They were doing yeah. those sorts of things. But it seems like prophecy was still functioning. Totally. Even if you weren't Jeremiah. There exactly. were other prophets like yeah, in totally. that area. And that's kind of the big kind of takeaway. It's, it's hard to, to see that oftentimes if you're yeah. just seeing like the big titles, if you will, of the and books. And then when we get into chapter 14, uh, in verses 1 through 5, there's this little section of like, what do the prophets actually do? Totally. Yeah. And I can read it real quickly here. Just so uh, verse one of chapter 14, Paul writes, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Yeah. And this is key, especially that you may prophesy. Yeah. And you talked about it on Sunday, right? Like this is to the whole congregation. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that he says, especially yeah. that you may prophesy. It's almost like there's like, you know, if Paul had, a, you know, uh, able to bold his writing, this would be like bolded, like yeah. especially that you could prophesy. And then he goes on, on the other hand, the one who prophesies, this is verse three, speaks to their people, and there's three words that we can kind of camp out on for their number one, upbuilding, okay. number two, encouragement, and depending on your translation, number three, consolation or comfort. Okay. So upbuilding, encouragement, and we'll just say comfort. So tease those out. So like, how, how does that sort of shape? How does that take place? How yeah. does that come to fruition? Totally. Well, I think for, and we, you can push back with dialogue about it, but for upbuilding, I think specifically in first Corinthians, this word upbuilding relates to like the building of like a physical building. Okay. So it's often used in that way. Yeah. And specifically in first Corinthians, we've talked about in our teaching series that Paul likens the body of Christ, the people of God to the temple of yeah. God. So there's this clear kind of uh, echo back to like the temple imagery yeah. of like physically building with bricks and material, mm -hmm. the t physical temple. And in the same way, it seems to me, Paul is saying, Whatever prophetic words are, they're meant for the upbuilding, the building up of the body of Christ. And I think that's important because especially in our kind of moment, our cultural moment, yeah. where there's so much of like tearing down, backbiting, words are being used in all sorts of kind of malicious, evil ways of trying yeah. to bring someone's character down or reputation down. Paul's inviting, again, all of the congregation at Corinth and for us today, all of us, that we may desire these words that would build people up. Yeah. And it seems kind of simple on one level, but I think there's a profound invitation yeah. there of like the power of God that's being displayed by his spirit through his people yeah. 
to build each other up and in yeah. doing so builds up the whole body. Well, and I think how often do we think those thoughts? Yeah. But not say not them. Not say them. Totally. You know, you think about your spouse, man, that was so nice mm-hmm. of you, you know, yeah. her or him and but you don't articulate it. Totally. And I, I think part of this is saying there's a power to that articulation. Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, I remember certain things that people have said to me over time mm-hmm. and it's like, they stay with me. Totally. Yeah. You know, uh, good things and bad and things. And bad things. Totally. That yeah. Words do have a power. Um, and I think Paul is saying, yeah, like let's actually articulate those yeah, things. Exactly. And I think even as a body, let's articulate those things this week. Totally. I think that's really important. I think even to, and there's all the sorts of studies or whatnot, but just even how it's so much easier to give negative, uh, deconstructive sort of comments mm-hmm. as it versus giving positive comments and how the yeah. ratio oftentimes is skewed towards the negative yeah. and not the when positive. it really needs to be like, what is it like 10 to one, 10 to one. I think like that's, the, that's the number that's coming in my head. Yeah. 10 to one positive to negative, And we invert it. We invert it. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And what's interesting too, that kind of ties into with the second word Paul says, again, this is first Corinthians 14 verse three upbuilding number one, we just talked about number two, encouragement yeah. or exhortation. Um, and even just thinking about this, it's these, these words are similar and they overlap yeah, to yeah. a certain degree, but thinking about just in our moment, you know, right now as we're recording this, we're in a pandemic, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot yeah. of, and as a result of that uncertainty, a lot of discouragement yeah. of like, when are things going to get better? When can, you know, my, my kids go back to school yeah. When can, you know, you fill in the blank. Yeah. Right. And I think there's a, an opportunity again, where Paul is saying these prophetic words, however they might look like and whatever, you know, way they come about, yeah. you know, there's a, an encouragement, there's a call to encouragement or another way of saying that is exhortation to, yeah. I think sometimes in our discouragement, we can become complacent. Yeah. And kind of do the Eeyore thing, kind of the woe is me. Yeah. When there's a there's a place for you know grief, and I'm not trying really? to discount yeah. that. But I think oftentimes prophetic words, I think this is similar to somehow the Old Testament prophetic words. There's a little bit of a challenge. A challenge, right? There's an encouragement or an exhortation yeah. to those words to, to keep pressing on, to keep yeah. moving forward. I think we need that. We need that, totally. Especially now. Totally, yeah. yeah. Like we need someone to say, you're awesome. We also need someone to say like, you're awesome and yeah. like, you're really struggling totally. right now. Like let's, let's do this together. Totally. Yeah. And to come alongside yeah. each other in that totally. Um, and then this is the the third word that Paul has is consolation or like I said earlier, comfort depending yeah. on your English translation. And this kind of gets at, I think this idea of being a comforter, our words, do they um, alleviate and, and bring mm. comfort? I think of what Paul would is, will go on to say in second Corinthians talking about God being the God of all comfort who comforts oh, yeah, us yeah. in our affliction. And I think we are embodying the comfort of God yeah. with our words. Yeah. Um, it's not always easy to do. I think, no, no, sure. I think for me, this is one of the hardest ones trying to figure out how do I, with my words comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes I can just get, I don't know, for a variety of reasons, it's just hard, hard to do. Yeah. But I think there's again, that invitation of to be a people that are operating in the prophetic, if yeah. you will, prophesying prophetic yeah. words from the spirit to see those words of, of words of comfort. Yeah. Um, and it takes taking practice. space to listen. Totally. Like, I think this is where in the busyness, we stop listening to what God has to say. Yeah. And then we no longer have God's words to totally. say. Totally. Yeah. Right. And it's like, sometimes we need to hear God's words, but sometimes we are st- so stuck. Yeah. We can't hear it ourselves. And we actually need our friends, our brothers and our yeah. sisters to listen for us. Totally. And articulate the encouragement, the comfort, the exhortation yeah. of God to us. Totally. Yeah. yeah. That's so important. Just being able in that posture with community, with other people around us. Yeah. I think of maybe one last thing from the book of Acts. There was uh, Paul, one of Paul's close companions 
was Barnabas yeah. and his name means son, son of, of encouragement. encouragement. Yeah. And just to think of Paul who wrote this letter, having those sorts of people around him yeah. to encourage him yeah. and how much of a journey. difference that makes. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's so. awesome. Cool. Well, some thoughts from the cutting room. Yeah. Floor. <laughs> All awesome. right. Cool. Thanks man. Yep.